Welcome to Season Saviors Week 10. I'm Ian Whitfield, joined here once again by my good friend Shane Riley. Shane, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ian. It feels good to finally be back to record another podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have you back after doing it two weeks uh, by myself. So we have a pretty busy last week with Des Bryant finally signing with New Orleans Saints. We have all the new stars with, that were traded during uh, right before the um, trade deadline, making their debuts, including uh, Amari Cooper and Demarius Thomas with their new teams. But uh, we're going to jump right into the must-starts this week. Then we'll go to the sit as usual. And then we'll go to your um, teacher-student league, and then we'll do waiver wires. Yep, sounds great. Uh, All right. I can go ahead and start it off with my first stardom. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Philip Rivers. Uh, you know, uh it's a great matchup against Oakland this week. I mean, they did terrible against San Fran on Thursday night. And, um, you know, that they had the rookie quarterback, Mullins, who blew up for three touchdowns, maybe one of the greatest rookie performances uh, ever for a first-time starter. I mean, he looked fantastic. You know, uh, Phillips got great receivers, you know, Mike Williams, uh, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon. I mean, he's a gr- great guy, too. He's thrown multiple touchdown passes in every game this season, which is terrific. And, uh, you know, he's got a 113.9 QB rate. Uh, I mean, that's what the Raiders have given up this year, a 113.9 QBR to quarterbacks. And they're second worst in the league against him. Uh, Phillip Rivers, I expect to have a great week. I mean, I actually picked up San San Diego's defense because Oakland's offense is no help either. Oh, yeah, I always like picking up defenses that either play the Raiders or – any AFC East offense, honestly, besides the Patriots or obviously my Buffalo Bills. But <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, Phillip Rivers having a great year. MVP candidate, actually. I saw that on ESPN. I was like, no way. And I looked up some of his stats. And like you said, they're ridiculous. But uh, my first must start for this week is Vance McDonald, tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you haven't heard of Vance McDonald, he's kind of splitting tight end uh, jobs with Jesse James. But he's... Still, he's emerged as the top tight end option for the Steelers. And this week, they had to take on a Panthers team that have allowed the most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. McDonald and Jesse, obviously, like I said, kind of cancel each other out a little bit, and they have been for the past weeks. They both kind of uh, average around six. They're always projected six fantasy points each. This week, Vance McDonald's about 7.1, I believe, and Jesse James was at 5.5 as of yesterday. So just to put in perspective how much they cancel each other out. But I think Vance McDonald Vance McDonald gets more um, red zone looks. So I think that he's a better play this week. And the fact that the Panthers give up like 19.8 fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends, which is just ridiculous. I think he has a chance of getting more points targets this week. And he's in a very appealing play. He's not owned in a bunch of leagues either. So you can pick him up if you have a bad tight end that's a bad matchup this week. And he's a, he's a very high risk-reward play, I think, in my opinion. And could have a very good... Um, week this week against the Panthers. Yeah, being a Panthers fan, I know Mike Adams usually covers the tight ends, and uh, you know he he was good for a while, but he's very washed up. And uh, you know tight ends have really burned the Panthers this season. I uh, I don't think anything's going to change this Thursday night, especially since they're coming off a short week. Yeah, they yeah. didn't really have that much time to prepare. Uh, you know, I'll just go ahead and get right into my second guy, uh, Nick Chubb, who's kind of emerged as a uh, solid RB2, maybe a low RB1. I like him a lot. I picked him up in a bunch of leagues. Yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield's really helped him out. Uh, rookie this year, Nick Chubb. Uh, he had, last week he had 22 carries, uh, 85 rushing yards, and a touchdown. I think he also had a couple targets. 
Uh, he's going up against Atlanta, who you know their linebacking core has been really injured this injured this year. Plus, you know some of their playmakers in the secondary have had a hard time tackling. And once they get inside the five, it's usually Nick Nick Chubb time to get the touchdown. I mean, when the Browns get down there. But you know Baker Mayfield has really helped him out. Uh, Baker Mayfield has uh, performed better than some would think. But he's having a good year. He's probably like a top five rookie this season, to be honest. But you know he, Nick Chubb, even alone from you know. Uh, Without the touchdown, I think he still had like 12 points, which is a solid fantasy week in a in a league where only like 20 to 25 running backs are good. And you're in a 10 person league, it's hard to find running backs. And I think Nick exactly. has really uh, taken a great start to this year, and I think it's going to continue the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm um, Nick Chubb has been fantastic since the Carlos Hyde trade, and he's honestly done the exact same amount of work as Carlos Hyde. They've planned the exact same way too. So if you had Carlos Hyde, like I did in a bunch of leagues, obviously that's unfortunate now that he's like the third string back for the Jaguars. Um, but Nick Chubb is a great play this week, and I 100% agree with you. Uh, my first or my second stardom for the week, sorry, Ido Smith, running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, Tevin Coleman is the back they want to feature, and they've kind of shown that. But Ido Smith is getting goal line carries, and he's getting looks or getting attempts like he has over double digit touches in his past three four games the Falcons take on a Browns team who have allowed the most rushing touchdowns this entire season and the third most total fantasy points per game to opposing running backs as well which is including receptions but that's going to bet it um sorry benefit Tevin Coleman more um the Falcons should be up in this game which would lead to more handing the ball to Ido Smith Smith has four rushing touchdowns in his last five games. Coleman only has one rush touchdown. Coleman has other passing and reception touchdowns, but he's more used as a passing down back. So I think Ido Smith will get more, if not the same amount of um, touches that Tevin Coleman gets, and I think he's going to have more points and more likely to find the end zone rushing than Tevin Coleman is this week. Um, Smith has huge potential and upside this week. Uh, you, I think he's a must-play, and he's also one of my waiver wire pickups, which we'll get to later because he's not owned in that many leagues. Yeah, uh, Smith has actually burned me a couple times having Julio Jones. I mean, I mean, ev- I'm pretty sure everyone gets a touchdown, but Julio Jones in a game, which <laughs> you know, I did get his first touchdown this week, which I uh, was very happy with in uh, this other league. You know, I'll just go ahead and finish it off with uh, kind of a homer pick for me, uh, DJ Moore of the Panthers. You know, he's playing tonight against Pittsburgh, who's uh, top 10 worst against receivers. I mean, despite only having two touches last week, he still uh, racked up 48 yards. Um, Very explosive player. DJ Moore, uh, you know, he really hasn't gotten the the touches he uh, that you would like from a fantasy perspective. But uh, when he does get touches, he makes the most of them. I think the Panthers are kind of like the Patriots offense where you don't really know what player is going to be used. And if you start DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel or someone on the Panthers that right week, they're gonna it's gonna work out for you. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, they have a they have a pretty vivid offense actually, and he's starting to emerge a little bit in that wide receiving court behind Devin Funches. Yeah, once they got past Torrey Smith, I mean he's injured right now, but they've looked a lot better without him. I I, I have to say. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, lastly for me, Alex Smith, quarterback for the Washington Redskins. I I almost have trouble picking him. Every I he's th- I think this might be the second or third no I think it's the third time that I picked Alex Smith as a must start in like the past five weeks because he's had so many good matchups but he hasn't really gone off yet but he, I mean every quarterback's bound to have like a super game at some point in the season and if he hasn't done it against the Falcons or something like that or Saints that another bad defense like that I think you ha- he has to do it against Tampa Bay 
every quarterback does super well against Tampa Bay. And <laughs> their defense is just so bad. Their pass defense. The Buccaneers have allowed the most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. And it's not even close. They've allowed the most passing touchdowns in the NFL by three, which is the second place, the, sex, the second closest to them. Like, the 31st most passing um, touchdowns in the NFL is three less than them, just to put that in perspective. The Bucks' secondary is historically bad, and Smith and the skin should be able to capitalize on this come Sunday. Smith has huge upside this week, and will look to have his first breakout game in Washington, and I really think he can do it this week. Yeah, the Panthers putting up 35.5 and, and 42 in a game is, is really bad. Uh, most of that through the air, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I would like I I do believe Alex Smith could actually break out this this week. Uh, you know, we're gonna get to the sitems here with uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go with uh, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, really big disappointment this year. I mean, I've seen him go in the first round. I've seen him go, you know, top three rounds. You know, he's been injured. I mean, I guess that's a, a that's nothing new. <laughs> a kind of kind of an excuse. Uh, you know, ankle and back have been have been a problem with him, but. Even when he plays, he just doesn't get the targets. They're looking at, like, James White out of the backfield or Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman comes back, Chris Hogan. Rob Gronkowski has been double-teamed by, you know, like a safety and a linebacker will double-team him, and they're more or less using him as a decoy. Uh, it's really been a painful season for him. You know, I don't expect him to do much better against Tennessee, who's actually the best-ranked uh, fantasy defense against tight ends this year. You know, even though it is Gronk, and he has shown that he's probably – one of the best tight ends of all time. I just this is not a good matchup. I don't know how you if you want to trade him. Uh, that could be a good option too because a lot of people know the name Gronkowski and they're willing to trade for him. Yeah, I agree. I think he's a really good trade bait, and I I hate drafting him in fantasy leagues just for the pure fact that you never know if he's hurt or if he's going to be uh he's going to end up playing. He always has a Q next to his name, uh, on fantasy sheets, and I hate that. Yeah, and he he goes really high in some leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first do not start for the week is T.Y. Hilton, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Hilton was a player that I hated last year. Like, he, he just, he was not able to ever get going. Part of it being Andrew Luck not playing, obviously. But this year, he started to come a little bit back into his groove, but I think he's going to have a really hard time against Jacksonville. The Jaguar defense, obviously, not as good as it's been. Uh, Jalen Ramsey kind of falling a little off, or kind of falling off a little bit this season. But even with them falling off, the Jaguars' defense is still out. Or it's still good. Like, it's still very good. And they're the top-ranked defense against opposing wide receivers, even when they're not doing that well. The Jaguars are tied for a league low in passing touchdowns allowed to wide receivers all season with five and have also allowed the lowest total fantasy points per game to opposing wideouts in total. So the Colts do pass a lot, so that should help T.Y. Hilton, like maybe get some more targets, help rack up some points in the point-per-reception leagues, obviously. But people like Jack Doyle or maybe even Chester Rogers should be able to be used more behind Hilton. And because they're, Hilton's going to get focused on more by Jalen Ramsey or A.J. Boyd, depending on the side they're on. But I think Jack Doyle could have a presence. I think Chester Rogers could have a presence this week. Obviously, when you see the Jaguars on the sheet against a wide receiver, too, you're like, I don't really want to play him. But I think T.Y. Hilton's going to be the guy that takes the biggest hit on this and that other pieces in their offense, Marlon Mack or Naheem Hines, are going to be even more successful. So, I think T.Y. Hilton, you can't, you should not start this week, and if you do, do not expect much at all from him. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boye, very scary, secondary. Uh, I'm actually going to continue in that game. I uh, For Siddham's, uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, you know, he's practiced for the first time this week, 
I believe. That he's coming back against this eighteenth ranked run defense in Indianapolis, you know, which isn't isn't something to scare you, but I mean they're not like low tier. I don't expect him to get that much work considering he's coming back from a from a bad injury and it doesn't seem like Jacksonville's gonna make a playoff push. I mean they just have not been good on the offensive Mm-mm, side. Not at all. And the only reason, if you're stuck starting Leonard Fournette, you gotta hope for a touchdown. He's not gonna get you know the 20 carries a game that he got his rookie year. Even then, he did get hurt, I think, at some point last year. But you gotta hope for a touchdown if you if you want a decent week from him in fantasy. You know, they hope they get to the goal line. But I don't see them doing that too often with Blake Bortles as their QB and having receivers who drop the ball left and right. Uh, or they hope the defense just sets them up in a good position. But uh, you're in trouble if you're starting Leonard Fournette this week. You probably you probably have another running back if Leonard Fournette's on your team because, I mean, he hasn't played it all this year. So if you still got that guy, go ahead and go with him. Yeah, so I'm going to jump in with my second. Yeah, second sit I'm sorry, I forgot what we were on. Uh, Sonny Michel, running back for the New England Patriots. I said it last week. I think last week. It might have been two weeks ago. Two? Yeah, two weeks ago, I think. Um, I love this guy. I think he's going to be great. He's going to be a feature back for the Patriots, which is nice to have because the Patriots are a running offense, but they typically have a committee. So it's hard to put down the uh, run, single running back that's going to have a good week. But Sonny Michel, I do, don't, you don't want to start this week. He's coming back from a two-week injury, and the Titans are a top three um, rush defense in fantasy points allowed per game to opposing running backs, and they've allowed two, only two total touchdowns to running backs all year. That's including passing and rushing. So that's that's scary, and that's really impressive, too. Um, they were able to hold Ezekiel Elliott to 3.5 yards per carry. Zeke had, did end up with double-digit fantasy points, but that was because of receptions in PPR leagues. And Sonny Michel doesn't get the number of receptions because um, James White for the Patriots. So he's going to get his um, yards um, per carry taken down, and it's probably going to limit his points for this week unless he gets a rushing touchdown, but only two per s- the, for the entire season have been allowed by the Titans, so that doesn't look very promising. Um, James White will probably have a little more success this week. Obviously, he doesn't get carries. He's a passing down back, and he's used all the time, basically, as a wide receiver. So I think that, Michelle, you don't want to play this week, especially coming off of injury. Um, I think you have there's other better plays that you can pick up off the waiver wire or anything like that, obviously. Uh, Sonny Michelle, you do not want to start this week. Uh, yeah, they usually the Patriots tend to do running back by committee. You know, you don't know when this guy's getting snaps. Uh, I believe that's a good call on sitting uh, Sonny Michelle. I'll just go ahead and finish it off with my last guy, which I have Golden Tate, who is a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, if you haven't been paying attention to the news lately. Uh, he got traded right before the trade deadline. He's going to work as kind of their slot receiver. Uh, didn't really, you know, you couldn't really tell how he's going to do in the Philadelphia offense just yet because they're coming off of a bye week. But uh, he was averaging 10 targets a game with the Lions, which is, you know, really uh, good for a receiver. But coming to a new team with weapons like Zach Ertz, who tepen- I mean, tends to get uh, a lot of targets in a game, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, you know, Wendell Smallwood even gets some, some stuff out of the backfield. I don't think Golden Tate's going to get the amount of targets as uh, you'd hope as a Golden Tate owner uh, because, you know, he really depends off that because he doesn't usually go for far far yards because he's coming out of the slot. So it tends to be like dump off five yards, three yards. Um, He's also coming into a new offense, which in the NFL, it's hard for some people to adjust because totally different scheme, new quarterback. And it doesn't help that he's playing Dallas, who's actually third best against receivers this year in fantasy. Uh, Really a tough matchup to to open up his – uh, career with the Eagles, but 
I mean, wide receiver three, maybe a flex position at best for Golden Tate this week. But if you can, if you can sit him, I would say go ahead and do that. So I mean, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and finish off with your last guy. Yeah, my last guy is Carryon Johnson, running back for the Detroit Lions. The Lions finally seem to found their feature back after years of drafting running backs, years of signing young running backs. They finally found a guy that they can use in multiple ways and can get good yards per carry and good production. Um, I do like Carryon Johnson. He's a top 22 running back, but this week they take on the Bears on the road in Chicago, and it does not look promising for this young running back. The Bears have yet to allow a single rushing touchdown all season. They have allowed more passing touchdowns to running backs than rushing touchdowns to running backs. Johnson would should have a rough time against the Bears defense that are his top six and fewest fantasy points per game allowed, and against the Khalil Mack in this Bear-led, um, or sorry, Khalil Mack-led Bear rush defense, and most likely will not find the end zone on the ground, the fact that they haven't found it all season so far. I, I just don't like on Johnson a lot this week. Yeah, I, mean, I think that other running backs um, in the committee for Detroit, because they do still kind of have a small committee, and yeah. that the passing down backs that they have. With Garrett Blunt and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, even with Khalil Mack out, this Bears defense has proved that they're they're still really good. But, I mean, I think Khalil Mack might be returning this week. I don't know if he was at practice or not. I know Allen Robinson came back to practice this yeah, week. Yeah, Allen Robinson's playing this week. But... Yeah, I just don't think he's smart. I mean, we can go ahead and get right into your uh, waiver wire pickups, Ian. All right, bet. So um, let's jump right in. We have Mike Davis running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Davis and Chris Carson have recently started to split carries a little bit in the backfield for Seattle, but Carson has recently seen injuries that take his carry number even lower than Davis. Davis was supposed to be the backup running back, but he's starting to get more and more carries. He's starting to step into a feature back role, which is – scary the fact you can find that on the waiver wire at this point in the season especially in deep 10 12 14 people leagues he's only owned in 34.7 percent of espn leagues and he could end up being a rb1 for the seahawks in the near future i think he has high rb2 number he has potential sorry potential for high rb2 numbers and if you need a flex or something i think he's a great play um secondly ito smith i talked about him earlier running back for the atlanta falcons Smith has been great since Freeman went down with the season-ending injury. Smith, like I said earlier, four rushing touchdowns in his last five games. He's getting goal line carries in front of Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman, obviously the passing down back, so he's not a workhorse back unless Tevin Coleman goes down, in which case Ito Smith is going to be just absolutely freaky for fantasy football. Um, He's currently only owned in 41.6% of ESPN leagues, and I personally believe this guy is an amazing pickup if you're struggling at the flex position. I think he has... He's great play this week, like I mentioned earlier. But overall, he's a good flex play, and if you need help, it's a good pickup. Finally, here we go. Marquise Valdez-Scantling. Long name here for the wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Geronimo Allison is out for the season, or most likely out for the season with a groin injury because he's about to get surgery on that. So that should open up the door for MVS is what they call him to step in as the wide receiver two for Green Bay, or kind of wide receiver two, obviously behind Devontae Adams, but it just comes down to him and Randall Cobb. MVS has had double-digit points in all four of his last four games. I think 13, 13, 20, and 16, I believe, or some combination of those numbers. Um, if you add the, and the fact that his targets are going to go up and the fact that he has great huge play potential... He has three receptions for over 100 yards in two of those last four games, so that shows the big play potential he has. 
he's a very solid wide receiver too. And he, I, he picked him up in as many leagues as I could just because I love the fact Aaron Rodgers is throwing to him and he's not the wide receiver one there. So that should allow him to not be focused on by the number one cornerback and other defenses. He and the big play potential he has is just, it's so promising. Um, he's only owned in 50% of ESPN leagues and is a great pickup as a flex or wide receiver too. Uh, he's, a, he's another great guy, kind of like another flex if you aren't able to snag Ito Smith either. But uh, that's about it. Let's jump into the uh, Dominion Student Teacher Fantasy League. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to open it up with uh, my matchup this week, which was uh, in, in is essentially a bye week. You know, I was playing Chaz or Team Donaldson, as you may put it. Uh, you know, set up his lineup. Uh did not go as well for him, you know. I I beat him 106.8 to 83. Jeez. Uh, you know, which is a very low scoring week for me, considering you know Todd Gurley usually gives me 30 points a game, which I know is, may seem uh, greedy, but he only gave me 19.9, which is you expect a lot more out of Todd Gurley in a PPR league. Kirk Cousins only giving me six, but I mean Chaz did have a, a bounce back week. 83 or almost 84 points is a really, really good week for uh, Chaz. So I mean he's probably very he's happy. With yeah. the production he got from his team at 84 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting into your matchup, you almost put up 180 points, 179.8. My team went off, thanks to the Bears' defense. <laughs> fantastic week. 25 from Roethlisberger, 33 from Kamar, 29 for Connor, and you know 29 from your defense. Uh, this was the only student-teacher matchup of the week, so for the first time in a long time, students win the the matchups this week. You're welcome. I mean, sound the alarm. Uh don't call it a comeback, but you know we are down like, we're, by no, like, yeah, we're, we're down, down by like we're fifteen down by a lot. games. <laughs> De- Demont would have beaten me. Uh, he put up one hundred and ten point eight. Really, his best performer was Travis Kelsey, but really let down by his defense, which was the Washington defense that got blown out by Atlanta at home. Mm-hmm. At home. Uh, Schwartz beats Corn. Uh, one hundred sixty nine point three. Great week from Christian McCaffrey. Put together two touchdowns and DeAndre Hopkins, who had a ten catches, one hundred yards, and a touchdown. Team Corn still still had a pretty good week. 122 points. Drew Brees gave him 31. Uh, Julian Edelman gave him 17. Uh, you know, it's kind of a disappointing loss, but I guess he's gonna have to roll with it. And we'll see what happens come playoff time because uh, th- there's no real runaway besides Eifler this this year in this league. Uh, I'm, so, I'm starting to get out there. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I beat you in the one matchup. Yeah, yeah, that was earlier though. Vroon wins 102.5 to, you know, I don't even want to talk about this. Team Godic didn't even put up 50 points this week. I mean, he had like four guys on a bye, and it's just, obviously he's not going to be in this league next year. I mean, that's not even not even in question. Vroon <laughs> uh, didn't even put in a, a defense and still beat, the, still beat him. Vroon's uh, really only good performance was Michael Thomas who put up 40 points which is a tremendous week you know even with the the phone call to Joe Horn oh yeah which was pretty f- pretty fun to watch that was fun to uh, watch Eifler loses uh I'm just going to say that out loud again uh Delisi beats him 113 to 92.8 uh Eifler for some reason started Cam Newton over Patrick Mahomes which is a very interesting thing to see uh you know Delisi had Julio Jones went off Kareem Hunt went off uh, you know, Camden still gave Eifler 21 and Melvin Gordon gave him 19, but that's right where it ended, not much after that. Uh, just go ahead and get right into the next week's matchup. Uh, I'm taking on Varun. Uh, you know, I'm 5-4, and four, Varun's 4-5. Four and five. It's middle-of-the-pack matchup. Uh, Ian, you're taking on Schwartz, both teams 6-3. and three. Wow, that's huge. That's a good ma- That's a, looking like a good matchup this week. You know, that's one student-teacher matchup, and I believe we have uh, three this week. 
Delisi taking on Team Donaldson. Chaz one and eight. Uh, Team Delisi five and four. So like I said, there's a bunch of people that are just right within one game of each other. Uh, you know, I, I expect Delisi to win this one, which kind of hurts because it is a student teacher matchup for us. Hopefully, you can get a win and we can, you know. Godic versus Demont. I mean, Godic's only win of the year was against Demont in Week One, and you know we're getting back to that point where you're starting to double up on games and. Um, I don't think Godek's going to pull this one out. I might talk to him to actually tell him to put his team in <laughs> for once. And then, uh, you know, that's the third student-teacher matchup. Hopefully we can go 2-1. and one. You know, hopefully, like, Chaz can pull something out. But And then the final matchup is Eifler versus Korn. Uh, looking like a pretty good matchup. Eifler 7-2, and two, Korn 6-3. and three. If Korn pulls out the win, he might he might be ahead of Eifler, which would be crazy considering how good Eifler's team is. Uh, thank you for tuning into this podcast, and uh, see you guys next week. Thank you.